Ooh, all right, we're on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Slum Society Show. It's Connor Rhodes, your private, professional, and personal nutritionist, as always. And today, I am joined on the show by someone who... I've done too many podcasts and had too many guests for you to have not been one of them. So I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed, I'm not going to lie. You I'm weren't a supposed bit to talk until I said your name, which I is disgusting. It's already, you're spoiling my nice intro. <laughs> already? Already, carry on, carry on. already. Yeah. Um, you are one of my oldest friends in personal training and in like the fitness industry because you gave me my first real job. Thank you. As a personal trainer, I was working in a gym before, but not as a real personal trainer, just as like dog's body. Mm-hmm. Um, I got fired from that gym because I would not sell steroids for them, um, <laughs> and they weren't even going to cut me in. <laughs> they weren't even going to cut me in on the profits. <laughs> just wanted me to sell gear at the counter. I'm like, no, sorry. That's because there's no money in gear. Uh, well, there's no, there's no money in bodybuilding gyms, so I think they were trying to make some money somewhere. And I don't think I was helping the situation, because I wasn't going to do that. Especially not without a piece of the pie. Let's be real. Yeah, honestly, so, yeah, cut me in. Yeah. And I'm flipping 18, I'm thinking, no, I don't do nothing like this. So I said, no, I can't sell gear. Um, they said, okay, we're going to have to get somebody who... Will sell gear? Who will sell gear for, for And I said, yeah, all right. and I just left, because you just don't argue with people who are just like... Massive and up, up. Yeah. you just don't argue, do you? No, so you just leave, especially when you mean you're 18, you're scared. I just <laughs> left. I thought, fine, I'll get a real job then. Um, applied for loads of jobs. I found I found the gym group on I think just googling, probably. I don't know. We did things different back there, man. Yeah, I everything found... was so pirate and we were so backwards, we were so lackadaisical, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I came for an interview, you were there. Was it actually me that interviewed you? Yeah, was it me and Rick? Rick. Yeah. It was it was Rick's last day ever because the next day um, Liam um, turned up as the new assistant manager. Yeah. Okay. Literally the day after I started. Okay. Mm. So we've been open a couple of months in max. Six months you'd be six open. months about yeah six yeah. months you'd been open yeah by yeah. the time I got there. So that would have been what March twenty fifteen would it there thereabouts yeah well we opened in August yeah I have no idea no it would have been like February then yeah sorry February February twenty fifteen I have no idea that's that's six six years ago. Mm. Crazy. Mm. Um, and a lot's changed since then. The world's changed completely. Well, that's true. <laughs> the world has changed. That's true. That's Everything's true. changed, yeah. Do you feel like you've changed? Oh, 100%. Really? Yeah, 100%. In what ways would you say? Um, oh, wow. This is getting deeper early already. Um, in what ways have I changed? I think I'm obviously more mature because I'm six years older. I've got six years more management under my belt now. And I progressed a little bit further in my career, so I've moved a bit further forward in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just confidence in what I'm doing professionally, what I'm doing in my life is a big thing. Mm-hmm. I find it's a big thing, maybe kind of more for males. Like you get a bit more confident as you get older. That makes sense. Like when I was just coming out my thirties then, uh, out my out my twenties and into my thirties. Sorry, and you're. I think when you're in your twenties, you're kind of getting somewhere, and when you're in your thirties, you feel like you've kind of gotten somewhere a bit more. Hopefully so. So yeah, I just felt a bit more like that, a bit more settled. And now Sheffield's my home. I'd only just moved here at the time. That makes sense. Uh, so loads of different things, yeah. Um, I think in terms of skills, I look at things a lot differently now. Um, obviously, me and you've done the same course, uh, the nutrition course, Math Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And some of the skills that I learned from that, I can now apply to a lot of different things. Just the analytical mm, approach, the 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 understanding of stats in particular and studies. Interesting. That's a big one, particularly in statistics, because... I work quite a lot of statistics in my job and it's made me realize how does that statistic really mean what we think it means? You yeah. know, is there an ulterior motive for that statistic or is there something, a confounding variable behind it that's mm-hmm. actually influencing it? Mm-hmm. Because you can read a statistic and if you believe in what you want it to believe, you can you can make it be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so looking at things like that, um, yeah, yeah, I think I've changed a hell of a lot. Good. I, it's terrifying actually. When I look, even when I look at pictures of myself six years ago, good. I've still got pictures of us from the very first birthday party, and we all yeah. look so young. Yeah. And so happy. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe you look better. If anything, do you think? Uh, I think I've had six years of good training on my belt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six years of consistent training. Maybe not. Maybe not always perfect, but at least I've been consistent. I've virtually never missed a workout in about yeah. six years. And I've gone from periods of really lots of training to a lot less training. I've gone through bits where I've tiny bit been injured. So, um, ironically, my body weight has never changed. Really? It's gone up, but it's, it's now gone up. back down to oh, where it was. Interesting. So I'm actually now the very same body weight as I was in those pictures six years ago, but mm. my, my shape has changed a lot. Has it? Yeah, big time. You look better. Yeah, I'm not fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I mean, good, yeah. <laughs> I was definitely, I was coming off the back of a job then where I used to work away in hotels every week. So I wasn't really doing a lot of training. I wasn't mm. really eating very well. I know I'd settled somewhere. I was cooking my own meals. I say I was training consistently, doing lots of activity all day, every day. Without even trying, I'll do like 17, 18,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. And that's without trying. Mm. You know, because I'm just so busy in the gym, running around back and forth. So yeah, just, just all those little things have made that big difference. Amazing. So... One of the places I wanted to start with the conversation was to was to ask you how you got into personal training or health and fitness. Oh wow! Right at the beginning, the very how old were you and what went on? If I was to trace it all the way back, how I even got into exercise, um, I think like a a lot of young men, um, I wanted to improve my body image to go out and meet as many women as possible. If I'm being perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes Um, sense. I was about seventeen. And this was back in the time you couldn't join a gym when you were under 18. So I turned up, lied about my age, didn't get challenged. <laughs> remember you sat there like, remember your date of birth is one year before. So it's like 21st of March, 1984. Yeah, 1984. Lied about my age, joined this commercial gym. I'd got my first ever job at the time, working in a call center. And I just started exercising on a program my mate gave me. It was a proper bro split. It was chest mm-hmm. and biceps. Of course it was. Shoulders, triceps, legs. And then a back day. Did you do legs or did you skip legs at the No, moment? I genuinely did do legs, but the main movement was a leg press. So, but okay, it was, a, than, it was a 45 degree leg press. Yeah, it's not bad. So it was at least a legit leg it's press. Something. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a good solid year. Uh, trained, got really cheap olive oil nasty protein from Argos. So it just didn't mix because I couldn't afford anything else because it was only on like... But that didn't mix all the little organs either, did it? But for me, I'm, if I get into something, I'm really inquisitive. So I just started wanting to learn and read more mm. about it. And then I eventually got PT myself and I really liked him and worked with him for a couple of years. And then one day, just I think about 20 years old, I just went, I want to become a PT. Yeah. So then got my qualifications. Immediately started working at the gym as a dog's body, as you do. Yeah. Um, cut my teeth on that. Used to deliver programs to people, got to know people. And then I went to go work at my very first gym as a PT paying rent. And that's when, yeah, that's when I kind of all went wrong. It all went wrong? Yeah, definitely. In what way? It was hard. It was really hard. I remember being okay. shown to the gym floor. And if you can imagine me kind of going up there, right, right, it's my first day on the job. Now what do I do? I didn't have, I didn't think about anything next. I thought people would want to train with me because I was a PT, because I cared about what I did, because I knew what I did. At least I like to think I did. I look back at what I did back then, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that now. But I think we're all like, <laughs> I think we're all like when we, we start, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the very, remember the very first program I wrote for a girl. Her, her warm-up had her sweating. <laughs> um, so I did, I did everything wrong, really struggled for six solid months. 
Uh, made a bit of money, but it was it was it was hard, man. It was soul destroying. Mm -hmm. It was really really difficult. Moved to a few other gyms. Eventually settled in a private PT studio, and that's when I really started to get a little bit. I say not necessarily better at PT, but better at actually running a business. Mm. And then it's been a slow kind of trajectory since then. Just this very very harsh, very steep learning curve at first, because. Mm. I just I didn't think about anything next. I just thought that was it. I was a PT now. I had my had my level three. I had my qualifications. I'd done a few of the qualifications, and people were gonna want to do PT. Of course mm -hmm. they are. Why wouldn't mm -hmm. they? I'm gonna get you to train. Mm -hmm. That's just not how it works. Like people like training. Yeah, people love training. Yeah, cool. people are gonna pay me thirty five pounds. Yeah, people want to train. Yeah, them. people want to pay you to yeah. blast them through something they don't. Want and they've to. never met me before as well. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, they don't know me. This all sounds perfect. <laughs> and I make you've got a T-shirt that says the word. Personal trainer. That's my only qualification <laughs> that you can see into the role. That's it. I'm a, I'm a PT. Give me some money now, please. Oh, look, I made a business card. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. And that's how I got into it. Now I've moved into management. Um, as you know, uh, I run a gym. Uh, I've been in management now for 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's just terrifying when I think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've personally ran two different gyms in that time. Um, but worked in roughly about 30 of the gym groups, gyms, doing wow. various different things over time. Um, I now have an additional role where I'm the, the master PT trainer of the region. So it's my job to help deliver our new personal training product because we've realized that it's very hard being a PT and that it's obviously hard to recruit and easier to retain. So there's now a group of us working towards building content and a package for PTs to when they first come into the industry to, to be better. And we tried it before and we did this, we did something that we thought was really, really cool. And I was part of that and that was called something else. This new one's called PT Power. This one, I can't remember what it's called, it was called PT something else. And But it was really, I think it's very typical of like people in the industry for a long time. We were thinking, oh, I'd really like a, a six document folder that's got all these really cool, interesting bits and tips in there, how to organize your time, how to set a price plan. Whereas now we're going completely digital with all, it's all videos, it's all, you know, we've actually got live videos on how to build rapport, how to talk to people, stuff that people can watch quickly. Because if I gave you six manuals on your first day in that job and said, here you go, read this, you'll be a great PT. Were you going to read them? Probably. You probably would have done, actually. I'm a nerd, though. Yeah, you would have done, yeah. 95% of PTs won. I agree. They would never do it. They would have a brief, quick flow. It's got to be easy for them. It's going to yeah. be something you can sit down and say, watch this, do that. Um, so that's what I'm involved in now. Uh, that's really cool because it's helping me help people like me 15 years ago, which is terrifying to sound. Good. It needs doing though. It does need doing because <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a selfish way, and I've got to be honest about this, I run a gym. My job is to make the members happy who keep paying us money so we hit our targets. I look great. But I'm one man yep. and I have a team of 11 under me. Yeah. I've got to make them happy who make my members happy in turn yep. and so forth. So, And they're there to make money. And they make money from PT. Yeah, it's a really big part of what I do now is actually helping people be better PTs, not even be better at PT and be better at business, better at actually getting the business because PT is easy. It's really easy. You mean personal, actually personal training people Yeah, is the easy bit? Well, yeah, I mean, we discussed it just then when we have a chat before. Weight loss, move more, eat less, mm -hmm. gain weight, progressive overload, protein. Correct. What else is there really? Yep. You can talk about sports specific if you want to go down that, but that's a tiny portion of the market. Mm -hmm. Tiny, tiny portion. Mm -hmm. So... What else is there to learn? Mm -hmm. Keep it simple, big compound and heavy. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything silly. Mm -hmm. But the actual being the PT, the running the business side of it is the hard part. 
that's a genuinely hard bit. Makes perfect sense. And if you help those people, it helps you as well because as, as you'll know, personal training turnover in the industry, like is just crazy isn't it like people just come into the industry and then they leave and then they join gyms and they just leave them yeah. so if, if you're trying to maintain a good high level of constant consistent staff mm -hmm. you need your people to be running their businesses successfully so yeah. that you don't have this crazy staff turnover yeah which just makes your life all and and touch wood down at kellum we don't you, that's it's very true i yeah. was um I was talking to Dave on a podcast. Um, but Dave Pearson. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other day, and I was saying at your gym, you have a higher proportion of successful personal trainers than other gyms do. In my opinion, if you go around to most gyms, there'll be one or two good personal trainers, and then the rest of them. Mm. But at your might gym, not be there. Yeah. Yeah, but at your gym, there's a higher proportion. Of that's that's not all down to me though. A lot of that is down to the fact there's a good business there. I've got to be honest about that. There is a good business there. I yeah. couldn't have the same success working in some of our other gyms that are in more challenged areas, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. You, some of it's a bit of luck, some of it's the fact that my background is, I like to help people, and I know what it's like to be that PT struggling to make ends meet, and believe mm -hmm. me, I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. It's not nice, mm -hmm. it's, it's horrible in fact. Um, and I just think every PT's gotta find their way of doing it. Like the way Dave does it is different to the way you did it. Correct. 100%, and Correct. That's, that's where a lot of PTs fall down and they try and copy other people. I tried to copy people when I started. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. No, didn't work at all. You have to you have to take bits from other people, mm -hmm. but you and then you have to build it into your own picture. Yeah, hundred percent. So you have to steal a little bit from that, yeah. steal a little bit from that, steal a little bit from that. Try that. Didn't work for me. I'll try that instead. But yeah, everybody's so totally different. Some people can do it a bit. Well, you were you were a very good example. You came up with a diary and a pen. And you walked around the gym floor talking to people. Mm -hmm. You didn't do anything else. Mm -hmm. No social media. Mm -hmm. No fancy sales technique. No fancy mm -hmm. sales presentation. No sales techniques. No nothing. No. Just just talking to people. Yep. And that was it. Yep. Um, and it was that simple. And but I, I had coaching on personal training for a year before I turned up for, by Chris Burgess from Lift Again, that's going to show you all over. <laughs> yeah, because I, I am not smart, but I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart. So I thought, if I'm going to try something, I have to find somebody who can help me, who knows what they're doing. Yeah. So I went looking online for personal training coaches, found his podcast. So you essentially to listen to our advice we give to personal training clients, because if you want help losing weight, what should you do? Hire a coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why don't personal trainers do that? You want to get better at business? Hire a coach. You need a coach, don't you? Exactly. Even if you just buy a book that's going to tell yeah. you what to do. Yeah. Hire a coach. And there are someone. good books to tell you what to do. Yeah. Um, Ignite the Fire 2.0 is so annoying. I remember being on an airplane going on holiday and then, you know, you just buy a book because you mm -hmm. you, you're looking to be entertained because you've got to do something while you're on the plane. And I opened it and I remember my jaw just dropped because I thought it took me fucking six years to learn all this yep. shit. And this guy's just written it all. Perfectly. Do you remember the first bit of advice he gives in Ignite the Fire? No. That you should go and interview the gym where you're going to work mm. and get a feel for it. Because mm. it's not about you wanting to work. It's mm. not about the, if they want you to work there. It's mm. if you want to work there. Mm. And if I had done that, I would have never have done my first job. Mm -hmm. That gym was terrible. Mm -hmm. I picked your gym on purpose, literally. Oh, thank you. Um, because I went round and bought day passes to different gyms like Bannantines and Pure Gym and these other gyms. and Just tried to feel it out. You know, mm -hmm. tried to feel it out. Get a feel, yeah. Yeah, get a feel. In Bannantines, I didn't really like it. And at your gym, I just liked it for some reason. I thought that the members seemed nice. And for some reason, I remember noticing that less people had headphones on at your gym than at other gyms. And I thought that means, number one, they don't hate the music or the atmosphere and they're not trying to get away from it. And number two, they're easier to approach. Yeah. So that gave me a little click on. And then obviously we did the interview and I remember asking you, are there some successful personal trainers and what's it like at this gym, etc. And we were talking back and forth mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, that's that, that's the way it should be. You should be 
getting a feel for the gym. You get a feel for the management, how they're going to run it. Are they going to mm-hmm. be someone you can bounce off of? Because I've had managers I couldn't work for. Mm-hmm. I remember in my second PT job, I worked at Virgin Active and I, I loathed the manager there. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like me either, so mm-hmm. it just made life difficult for everybody. Well, so. luckily for me, you're nice. So, I'm nice. Yeah, I agree. Until you annoy me. Um, I must have never really annoyed you that bad then. Because no, no, you, you, people know it when they annoy me. Yeah, uh, You'll see it happen every now and then. I think you, you were definitely the best person I've ever worked for ever in my life. I oh, think, thanks. I think you were always... Mate, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> no, I think, I think you, were, you were nice, supportive, but also not like too serious and still... Kind of, kind of like friendly, but also kind of work at the same time. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Not like super serious, but also not just. Yeah, super I like casual. to. I like. I like to keep. I like to try and manage people the way I would like to be managed over yeah. over the years. So, yes, I can have a joke, but let's get the work done. I agree. And if something's not right, I'll honestly tell you. Yeah. And I remember you told me just don't be late ever, and I don't think I was ever late. No. Maybe I was like. I don't know, one minute late once, but never really. Yeah, I hate when people are late. I know you do. <laughs> so that, like, that's Drive what I thought. And, and I being one minute late is worse than being 10 minutes late. I lived 50 minutes away care. as well, so I couldn't really, like, I got yeah. stuck in traffic. If, yeah, if you've been one minute late, that just means you literally couldn't care to get off the sofa 10 seconds earlier. You, you're kind of right. No, 100% right. But, but I was always on time. Yeah. Um, and one of the best things I thought you did was, I think, in my opinion, you act like a leader more than a manager, where you don't get people to do things that you wouldn't do. I remember I was on shift at one point and the toilets exploded and just like shit and grime went everywhere and you did not make me clean it. You cleaned it. Of course I did, yeah. No, 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 no. It's not like you can't say, of course I did. How many other many managers would do that? How, how could I ask a member of staff to do that? That'd be awful. You get in, down and dirty, doing the actual dog's body Mate, work to, as well. Uh, if, if you ask me how I changed the last six years, I can unblock a toilet in about 10 seconds now. <laughs> Honestly, there's no toilet in this world I cannot unblock. I'm blocking Male toilet gym about- toilets. I unblock a toilet about three times a week. Male gym toilets as well. Yeah, Who knows what bombs go off in there? Mate, I swear sometimes people have let a baby elephant in there. I've been checking the camera to see if someone's just walked in, some small mammal to have a, to go to the toilet. Terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, of course I do that. 100%. It's my gym. Why wouldn't I do it? I don't get that. I don't. I never understand a manager who wouldn't do anything for their business. It's weird. Yeah. Um, all right. I've got another. I've got another question for you. Go on. Um, what did you think to me when I first started personal training? And then what did you also think going throughout? Because I was, how long did I work there? Five years or something? You were there a long a time. Good, a good amount of time. So what, time. what did you think about me at first? Like, what were your feelings? And then what did you think throughout the period? Uh, I liked you at first. There were some things that I thought, ooh, we need to tone that down. And I'll give you a great example of something you once did. Mm-hmm. You, you obviously came and went there. You did very well to begin with. And we had other PTs who weren't doing so well. And quite frankly, some of them weren't doing so well because they're on fault. Okay. Um, but I remember you walked into the kitchen. I think you actually kicked the door. I went, boom, I just sold two and a half grand worth of PT. And you just saw these PTs' heads just drop. I don't remember this. I remember it really well. <laughs> 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 I remember thinking, they're going to hate him. And I, I was happy for you. Like I, I, I'm always happy <laughs> to see someone do well. Mm. And maybe it needs to be a little bit more subtle and toned down. Mm. Just young and foolish. I was probably yeah. excited. You probably, I mean, I would I be. It's two and a half Gs. Yeah, I'd be chuffed to bits. I'd be well happy. Yeah. But I don't remember like, that at all. That's I remember it really well. Oh, that's and funny. I did kind of have a private word with you, but just kind of just tone it down a little bit. Like, you're doing really well. But I could see the other TPT like lynching you in the car park, maybe like towering and feathering mm. you at that point. Mm. Most people who worked at the gym didn't like me but until they got to know me for a while. But that's because I wasn't there to make friends. I, like, have you ever seen Will's impressions of me? Yes. They're quite good, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, they're actually really quite good. And, and one, one of them is this. Look, looking down like that, because I, I have downward head posture on the phone. 
and then looking up occasionally and going, shit, dude, really? <laughs> and then looking back at the phone and texting again. And that's because Will was there trying to talk to me and like be friends. But I had like six to eight sessions per day and was building a second online business and had online clients as well. And I was there to just work as hard as possible and just get all my shit done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't ever really trying to be friends with anybody. Not really. Um, I was trying to help my clients and sort my business out. Because not, not that it's a competition, but... It is. It is, truthfully. You're, you are salesmen beating the same street. I think that is the truth. I think it's 50-50 because I also feel like the, the clients that pick me won't pick you anyway. And the no, clients that pick you won't pick me. They'll like, so your clients like your personality and they picked you. And if I went up to them and talked mm. to them, they'd probably think, who's this? Yeah. Who's the, what's this bald guy talking about? It yeah. makes no sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I, I would agree with so you. So it yeah, kind yeah. of is a competition because you all yeah. work in the same environment and there's only so many people and there's only yeah. so many people looking for help. But also, it's kind of not at the same time, isn't it? And it's it's also like a rising tide raises all ships because the more people do better in PT, the more people want personal training at the gym and it creates that atmosphere. It's, it, 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 what's interesting is how many times would you do a consultation with someone who'd say, I've had a consultation with four other people? Yes. They never would. They came to you because people buy from people they like, know, and respect. Yes. So, it, yeah, it is different in that respect. It's it's not like a car garage. It's not like you go around all these different cars and, you know, pricing up the finance mm-hmm. and if you can get the baby seat in, mm-hmm. all your requirements, because a car's mm-hmm. a car at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's They'll just approach you. In fact, I haven't even known one person probably in 15 years who I have a consultation with. I'm also having a consultation with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. One person. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Maybe it's a not, few not, people not have mentioned often, that, but not it? common. No. Um, what is common though, I remember I was really surprised at one point and then really stepped up my game again when I found out that females, ladies, would follow my female clients into the changing rooms after we'd had a session and say, what's he like? Is it, is it okay? What's he they like? have a good chin wagon there, mate. Yeah, yeah and, they, and they'll, they'll natter. And one lady came to me in a consultation and she said, I've been watching you for four weeks. She said, she said, I've seen you train at least. She said, every time I come to the gym, you're here personal training someone. So I've just watched you. And she said, she said to me, literally, I've seen you training at least five or six different people. And I saw that you didn't give them the same exercises. You seemed engaged and like you were watching them. And you also seemed like you weren't making it too serious or blasting them too hard. So I've assessed from that, that you might be a good personal trainer. So I'm here. And then I just thought, shit, people are watching me. Mm. Like people are constantly. But but when you go to a gym and you're training, do you just watch the other personal trainers? Because I do. Yeah. You just glance around. What are you going to do in between mm-hmm. sets? You glance around. They're probably beginners trying to get ideas. Yeah. Are they looking at the PTs? What are you? Gonna, well, what's that personal trainer with doing with their clients? Should I be doing that? They're just watching, aren't they? Yeah. And I thought, ooh. It, it, you know, it's funny you say that actually. Yeah, I do a lot of boxing with clients, don't I? Mm. And uh, I've got a couple of female clients who've done it for quite a while, so they're pretty good on the pads. Yeah. And they always come back to me and go, oh, I just went in the changing room with some girls probably said, that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Especially with boxing, because yeah. you can hear it yeah. as well. So, so it catches people's like, what's going attention? And, see some and then they're like a little gold. ninja, pa, pa, pa. Yeah, yeah, they love it. They absolutely yeah, love it. Definitely. And then, in fact, the last client I ever picked up, because I don't pick, I don't really do many clients anymore, and he's been with me for years now, he he actually approached me after watching me for a good couple of months, mm. the, my, my client, uh, Ilias, and he... Uh, he went, oh, I've, I've seen you training. Do you actually take on clients? Because that was it. He just, he just wanted to train with me because he'd seen what I was doing in the gym and he'd just been watching. I didn't even really notice him, mm-hmm. which is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's a good point, that. Very good point. It is competition, but it it's not a cutthroat competition in that respect between PTs. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely didn't buy yourself any favours when you did that to those guys. No, I understand. Yeah. I, I don't remember it, that situation. It didn't come all, across but very no. well. But um, no. how I then thought of you over time, you eventually chilled out 
you relaxed, you just got into the swing of things. You kind of became like the old man of the gym. Like, I'm not sure what to do. I'll go talk to Connor. And a lot of PTs would come talk to you. And in fact, usually when I used to have a new PT come in, mm-hmm. you were the only PT who would genuinely sit there mm-hmm. and have a chat to all of them oh, that's nice. and help them on their business. Mm-hmm. Whereas other PTs in other gyms I worked in, particularly that first gym I went in, it was like, mm-hmm. no personal trainer. They tried to trip you up or something. You know, they didn't, they didn't want you there. Mm-hmm. It was instant eyeballing you. They wouldn't even say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, very kind of cutthroat. I guess at, at one point, um, after probably two and a half years of working there, I was fully booked anyway. So yeah. It, it seemed like less of a oh, easily, yeah. I didn't really care if other people got any clients because yeah. I had enough clients anyway. I didn't even want more. I did too many. I was so tired all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember just, I was just, it was really hard work, personal training. You know, I was constantly exhausted. It is, yeah. I was constantly exhausted because um, you're also trying to have a social life and yep. a relationship on the side, but I'm also working. you keep on... talking all day and you've got to, if someone's paying you that 35 pound an hour, you've really got to care about that hour. I take it serious. Yeah. I remember, you should do. Yeah. If I, I remember I could never really do more than five or six sessions per day because my brain would just yeah. be melted. I'd come I'd come home and it, and it wasn't fair to my relationship or to anything else that was going on in my life because I'd get home and I'd had that many intense conversations for hours and hours and hours that I was just like literally zombied. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I was literally had nothing left and I would just sleep and wake and coffee and go again yeah. <laughs> for like years. Yeah, yeah. And it was worth it and it was great and it was successful and it helped me get to where I am. But... I would go steadier if I did it again. No, you wouldn't. You don't think so? Be <laughs> I, was, I, I love that. I love that. Nah, show me the money, man. I, I love mean, that. The, 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 I love can, that. the thing is, I think particularly PT, because it is a kind of peaks and trough industry. Like you, It can go up and down. If you lose that one or two clients, it can suddenly drop. That you can't really... If the money's there on the table, you take it. You'll find a way. Um, Until you can literally, there are no more hours in the day, you'll take the money. Yes. And you should take the money because it might be a dry spell. COVID might hit. Yeah. Something crazy might happen. Yeah. The, the apes might attack next time for all we know. Yeah. yeah. You've got to make your money while you're there. To me, it wasn't um, ever about the money that much, you know. Um, but it's a business. It is a business, yeah. And, I and it to, has to pay. Yeah. And I, and I so was... So there has to be an element of that. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I don't like money or want money. I'm not saying any of these things. Well, no one's happy when their food, um, food's not on the table and their bills aren't paid. That's true. Yeah. That's true. If you've got money problems, it's like a black cloud that just hangs over every single thing in your yeah. entire life. It just feels like it's always raining and dark. Yeah. I understand. Because I've been in those situations before. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. 100%. Um, but I grew up on a council estate from like a, a single parent, non-working family where everyone around me is alcoholics and drug addicts and stuff like this. I've never really had any money. So my lifestyle is simple and my expenditure is quite low. So I, you know... You can to get financial freedom. You either have to make loads of money, or you have to have a low expenditure. And I'm kind of like a low expenditure person, so the amount of money I have to make to be free is not much. Mm-hmm. You know, to not have to worry. It's yeah, not, it's not that high. So it didn't take me that long to get out of that um, when I first started personal training. But my my motivation comes from literally helping people, and because I used to more than now have very poor self-esteem and thought that I wasn't anybody and might not be anybody and had never done anything and maybe wouldn't do anything and that just scared me that I'd just be a nobody so I just wanted to my original motivation was to try and feel better about myself by becoming someone who in my mind was legitimate if that makes sense yeah yeah no that's Mm. fair that's legit yeah so I did a lot of is it it, it's good I think it's good for like I said good for the soul it's good good 
good to help people. It's very. It makes you feel good, better. It's, it's it's the ultimate fulfillment. I've tried every way of feeling good in life, including drugs, mm. and they all wear out, or you get tolerance to them. To me, I've they've all, they all wear out, or get boring, or you get a tolerance. Except helping people, yeah. it's the only thing that gives me the same buzz over and over and over and over again. Maybe it's because it's different people. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because in a different way. I don't know, but so far it's the only thing that's not worn out or had negative consequences. It's only brought better for me as well. Yeah. And for me, it's a, it's a major achievement when you really do see that client really to the point where they've changed their life, they've hit their goals, but they don't want to stop training with you because of that happy yes. with, with what how everything's going. I think my, my client, just the, the boxing, Fiona, is a really good example. Like She came to me, wanted to lose a bit of weight. We lost a bit of weight. We got into boxing and her confidence went up and up and up. And, yeah. and then she started having fights and she was loving it. <laughs> But proper, you know, like organized fights. We're not talking like you know fight club, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like boxing matches. And she she was going to these boxing matches with bigger in her face and knacking these other girls. It was just really nice to see her. She kind of came to me a bit shy, a little bit, yeah, you know, not really confident about herself. And now she's in the yeah. ring battering some other girl. Like yeah. I had a little tear in my eye. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I felt good about watching her chin the other girl. That, yeah, <laughs> you, you made a difference in someone's life. Yeah, and it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, for me as well, and I've, I've said this on video before, um, for me as well, one of my motivations comes from when I had cancer when I was a child. I can't have children now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I don't make an impact on the world now, then there'll be nothing. Like, I can't contribute to the continuation of the human race. Like, there won't be any mini-me's or genetic continuations. There just won't be. So I have this feeling like I have to do something now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I already feel like that to be honest because I've helped quite a lot of people lose weight that's more than like a hundred pounds you know when people get when, when some people lose more think than think about how much pounds. that would mean to them imagine what a hundred pounds would do to your life they cry and it gives yeah. me goosebumps literally yeah. and they thank me forever and we're friends forever yeah. literally after that um, and they invite me to their family barbecues and like you, you know just it, it's nice it's nice it, it, it literally is it's nice it literally is and I've helped people run marathons and I've got one lady, when she came to me, she could barely walk, and now she, she's doing um, a half marathon soon. She could barely walk, literally. She was, you know, stuff yeah. like this. So it's, it's nice, honestly. It's nice. Um, it brings me massive. It makes me feel like I am someone. Like I said, like see, I've done something. I kind of think that's where a lot of PTs go wrong, is they want to do the nice bits, but they don't realise all the other bit to it. What's the business the side bit? of it. Okay. Because no one ever tells you that. I think that's a, one of the major issues, is the expectations of PTs getting into the industry is their expectations are, a bit like me, I won't turn up on the gym floor, yeah. I'm going to get you to do big compound and heavy, I'm going to make you train properly, and I'm going to help you lose weight and get stronger. Yeah. But I didn't have any expectations of what the business side of it was going to be. Yeah. I had no marketing plan. I had no way of organizing my day in timekeeping. Yeah. I would accept a client at 7 in the morning and at 7 o'clock at night, not even think, is that a clever idea, what I'm going to do in the middle part? Yeah. Uh, I had no idea about cash flow control. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my first client paid me like 280 quid. I was like, you know, Starbucks on me, guys. You know, I was loving it. Absolutely having a great time. And That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I was a king for about a day. And then I was like, oh, I've got bills to pay. Um, so all these business side of it, you know, no one ever teaches right. you that bit. You're right. And, and I think the sales bit we kind of touched on a little bit. I then believed it was a massive sales job. But actually, it's not really a big sales job because if you do all the other bits right, networking, get to know the person, take a genuine interest in them, be a like likable person, the sales is actually easy. I love that. They've already done it, haven't you're they? So right. It's true. They've already, you've already so done right. the sales. I, I see so many PTs quite overcomplicate. I've read this book on sales. I'm going to do this closing technique on them, and I'm going to like nod my head and 
you know, I'm going to use like the right hand side of the page to put money on because you don't think about money with the right hand side of your brain or some psychological jazz like that because apparently that works. Mm. But it doesn't. I know this is, um, I'm just going to tell you a little story for a minute. I know this is nothing to you, but so far I've helped slash created five personal trainers. <laughs> I, I know you've done way more. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, um, but um, I've helped five people and one of them, I was, help, I was helping this guy. It's going well. Um, I'm, I'm just giving him the advice that Chris Burgess gave me and not telling him necessarily to do what I did, but, you know, just helping and it's going well. Yeah. And then after a couple of years, two or three years, he got a, um, a different coach that wasn't me, um, a business coach, literally a business coach. And it all just went downhill. Did it? It all went downhill, yeah, because he, he the business coach, the, the, way I, the way I've been taught to think about personal training and what was taught to me is... The number one thing is help the client. It's not about you. It's about them. Find people who want help. Help them as good as you can. You will be rewarded for doing a good job for this. The, the money will come if you do a good job, number one. So it's always help the client, support the client. Do that. This, this So that's what I taught him. Go out. That's why I was always talking to people. The only My only objective was help as many people as possible. And mm -hmm. then people who want more help, who are they going to go to? The, yeah. guy, the guy that's already helped them five times and hasn't asked anything back in return. Yeah. The guy who seems nice, seems friendly, isn't pushy, seems to know his shit. I've helped him five times already. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've already got a little bit of a, hey, how are you going yeah. on? Who are we going to go to? Maybe the, the silent head nod or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah isn't it? Um, so then he was doing that. It was going well. Then he gets this business coach. The business coach says to him, how much money would you like to make per month? And he's like, what do you say? Four grand, five grand, whatever you say. And he's like, all right then. So how much are we going to charge per session? We're going to charge this. That means if we're charging this much per session, we need this many clients. If you want that many clients, you need to get this many consultations per week. If it goes, then the, the success rate out of the consultations will be roughly this percentage. And he just started seeing every single person in the gym and their head just became a dollar sign. Yeah. Literally. Just started seeing everyone as pounds. Yeah. And dollars. And it all just went to shit. I do think <laughs> you need to have a little bit of that kind of attitude though. You do, because it's you still do. a business, like you said. You're still a business. If I can't eat, yeah. no one goes his weight. Yeah. Yeah, if I, if, you know, I, I, if I have to go work at Because Hazard, I do that exact, that exact, that exact pro process with new people. Yeah. How much money, I always say, how much money do you need to uh, just to live, yeah. to begin with? Oh, I did this, and then we it's break definitely it a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. But that's all. But it kind of puts in perspective to them how much they're going to have to walk the floor, how much yes. they're going to have to talk to people. That's the purpose of that exercise, to make them realise what needs to happen mm. now. To mm. get to a, mm. a, you know, the next point. The way, yeah, that's you're right. Actually, that's not the bit. That's what it sounds like he was probably trying to then get them to do was right now. He gave him a specific sales script, yeah. uh. a specific sales pitch with with what what was it called? Um, that that thing where if they if they say and like a barrier, you say this back to them. Uh, I can't remember what it's called in sales. Never heard of it. Um, Oh, I stopped reading sales books. Objection, so like handling or something. Like if they, if you say it's this much and they say, oh, that's too much, you say this. If they say, oh, I'll have to check with my partner, you say, like a script. No. I'm thinking this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. But nothing, nothing to the to them, to the person. To not, the, no, no, not about, no, it's not about the person. Yeah. It's about this sales pitch and it's hard sales and it's, Identifying it was the Wolf of Wall Street. It's exactly it like that. Yeah. It's not like that. We're helping people. It's yeah. called personal training. It's like we're there to help people be healthier and happier. Fucking hell. Yeah, aren't we? That's what it's about. <laughs> it is. It is. That's literally what it's about. <laughs> who was that, by the way? Who did that? I, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to tell. I'm going to tell you after. Do I know who it is? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you after the podcast ended. <laughs> okay, cool. I'd like to know actually. I'm going to tell you after the podcast ended, um, just to mention no names. Um, <laughs> So then, throughout your time in all, all this gym stuff you've done and you've opened gyms and you've helped all these personal trainers, absolutely loads of them, 
um, and you've made managers and assistant managers and done all this stuff, you've seen loads of personal trainers come and go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably hundreds now, I think. Hun- yeah. That's excellent for me. I can quite actually say it's definitely hundreds. Yeah. This is excellent because what we're really here to talk about today. So we'll start the podcast now, shall we? We're, <laughs> we're 35 minutes in. We'll start the show. Here we go. Um, what, I thought we had started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting around to the actual topic now. Okay. Um, what I really wanted to talk <clears throat> about is what you think separates or what you've seen. Because you've seen hundreds of people, like you said, come and go. What separates success and failure or good and bad personal trainers in whichever way you want to look at it what are some attributes of people you've seen succeed and what are some attributes of people that you've seen fail maybe a couple for each if you could so i'd actually say the first one that just literally jumped in my mind then what makes people be successful and and unsuccessful at the same time and this actually applies to not just PT, it applies to how I approach managers. Because if I, I'll give you an example. Recently, I just started to recruit for a new assistant manager in my gym. Yes. Because I've had my, my latest general manager move on to management. I don't really care too much about your ability because that can come with time. Anyone can learn ability. You can get better at PT. You can get you do get better at PT. As time goes on, you, you get better at thinking, maybe I should have done this, that person, that person. But the main thing that matters is attitude. That's so good. And it's so true. It, it really so is. Good. and. And and to get not giving examples, but particularly in the time when you were there, you came with the attitude of I'm going to go out and help people. Mm. I'm going to talk to them, and no matter how much I got rejected or how much you got rejected, you know how many doors you had put in your face, you just kept on going. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of PTs; they have a are so scared to even try because mm. their attitude stinks. Or as soon as they try once or twice and they get they get rejected, their attitude drops. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Because I think this is hilarious. This is one of my favorite stories and best memories of personal training ever is how many different things I tried and you told me I weren't allowed to do it and then I just kept changing what I was doing again and again and again like I made a roller banner and put it on the gym floor and it lasted for a while until you were like look. it's not you you were like look we can't it's advertising you can't really put that there so I was like all right I won't put it on the gym floor so I took it down but I put it up in the male changing rooms and I got away with that for like a couple of weeks until you were like look did you never ask me about it in the first place you must have done I must have done you must have done I wouldn't it, let you put it up yeah I can't remember I must yeah. have done because it was there wasn't it so I must have done you would have obviously I, mate, I, do you know what I think it was wasn't it didn't other PTs complain maybe I can't yeah, remember yeah I think that's what it was I can't yeah. remember I just remember it had to go down at some point so I put it in the mail changing rooms I got away with that for a few weeks yeah. and then I think something like the regional manager was coming and, and you, it wasn't allowed to be there or something so I had to take it down yeah um, sounds about right yeah Yeah. so then I got Emma to put it in the female changing rooms <laughs> yeah I, I know this now yeah so I, got, so I got away with that for at least like three months I got away with that yeah. one um, until someone somehow said something and probably never remember that. It had to be taken down. Then I made leaflets and I and I put a leaflet through every single locker until there were leaflets all over the floor because no one cared. I got no clients from it at all. No one cared. They just people were like, "What?" and just like put it. And there were leaflets everywhere, and you were like, "Don't do that." So I thought, "Okay, I won't do that." So then I made little stickers and I put a sticker on every single cardio machine. <laughs> just again and again and again, different things. Then I started doing lectures at the gym, didn't I? Yeah, I remember and those, that, yeah. That really worked, and that's when I realized yeah. I liked talking more than training people, yeah. and I started switching over to more like what I do now. Yeah. But I think that also gives you a really good example of a lot. I did the, I did a lot of the same things. I made posters, I made leaflets for lockers, and that's all, that's all passive marketing. Okay. And then there's active marketing. Active marketing is going out talking to people. Okay, yeah. And there's passive marketing. Yeah. And again, a lot of PTs, because they're so scared it. to do the, 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 the active side, just yes. focus on the passive. Yes. And the passive is, is a slow drip feed, yeah. if anything. But it's, it's, it's the tap on the shoulder technique. They call, it, yeah, they call it marketing, don't you? You have to see something seven times before you buy it. Mm. So they might see your poster in the mm, PT board. Sense. They might then see your leaflet inside the locker or whatever. They might see that. 
So it probably was working a little bit, but then you've got to follow it up with the yeah the actual talk right. to them bit. I don't um, get why why personal trainers are so scared to approach people on the gym floor because they're scared of rejection. But all humans are. But, but we're scared of rejection. Rejection everything in, our lives. in what way? Because well, that's that that's that that's the obstacle they've not reject- got to see it that way. How are you way? getting rejected? Do you, do you know when I was personal training, I never asked a single person ever if they wanted personal training, ever. I would just literally say, "This this is how it goes." Hey, how are you? And then you would say, I'm all right. And I would say, is there anything I can help you with at the gym today? And they would either say, no, I'm all right, thank you. And I, or they would say, yeah, actually, I'm wondering about this, this, and this. And if and then I would just help them. You see, over PTs, this goes back to the attitude, though. They would see the, no, I'm okay, as rejection. That is, well, that well is, it is I'd, kind of I'd, rejection. Yeah, I'd just is, say, yeah. all right then, my yeah. name's Connor. If you do get any questions, come find me. Yeah. And I'll just give them a smile and a thumb, and then I'm off. And that, it, to me, it's like, you know, if I'm in, in flipping next... Mm-hmm. And if somebody who works at Next walks past me and says, "Hey, are you okay? Are you looking for anything?" I'll say, "No, I'm all right, thank you." Or I'll say, "Yeah, actually, where are your shirts?" Yeah, that's all it is. You work there. It's, <laughs> it's normal. It's normal for you to go up to the members and say, "Hey, are you okay? I am here to help you have a good gym experience. Is there anything I can do?" I would literally walk up to people and say, "Hey, I'm just walking around the gym helping people. Is there anything I can do for you?" But you've done some sales before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of already understood that a little bit. I'd done. I'd been training sales by three companies separately, yeah. and quite well, in my opinion, I'd been quite lucky. So at least you understood that it's not rejection. It's not. No, it's not. Not, not right I now. I, I understood that sales, the way I was doing it, wasn't really sales. No. Um, I, I was taught that for successful sales, you need three things. People need to know you, like you, and trust you. So how are they going to know who I am? Because I'm at the gym every day. Mm-hmm. Some members used to say I was the gym cat because I was always just hanging around. I was just always there, literally, just from morning until evening. That's how people knew me, because I was always there, I was always training people, I was always saying hi, I was always walking around chatting people. Um, how do they like you? Because I'm friendly, I'm not pushy, I don't even ask them about personal training. I wave, I give them free advice. How do they trust you? The free advice I give them is actually it's legit. It's good advice, yeah. It's legit, yeah. If, if they say, oh, what about this exercise? I'll tell them the truth, or I'll help them. And, and then I'll say, does that, feel, does that feel better? And they'll say, yeah, actually it does. And I'll say, all right, good. And I'll just walk, I'll say, find me if you want more. And then that's it. And then they'll they'll come back eventually. Or one of their friends will say, I'm thinking about personal training. Do you know anyone? And they'll say, actually, yeah. That yeah. guy's given me a few tips and he's all right. And it took a while. It took about a year until yeah. I'd gone around and helped everyone. But this comes back to the expectation side of it. PTs don't, they, they, they see, and we all see it in business though, don't we? We see, we only see the Zuckerbergs or the Teslas, these amazing companies, but no one sees all the work Elon Musk put into that company mm. for years, mm. decades and decades mm. and decades before. Mm. A year to build a PT business. Most people are like, I can't do that. A year to build a business, they'd be terrified. Yeah, I was quite lucky where I was young and I went, I moved in with my dad, so mm-hmm. no bills. I had a car payment, that's it. But I also worked for Samsung um, on weekends for about the first six months of mm-hmm. working there, maybe a bit longer than that. So And they paid me about 600 quid a month for doing Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad. Yeah, decent, yeah. When you're young, <clears throat> two, two days, yeah, yeah, six, yeah. yeah just, just part of just partitioned the bills off just yeah. enough that I didn't have to super stress. I'm not thinking, oh my God, if this person doesn't sign up, I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm fucked. You see, that's also what I, I, I did when I first started. That was my only source of income mm-hmm. to begin with. So I had to be pushy. Mm-hmm. I had to go up, start chatting to someone. Do you want a consultation? Mm-hmm. Do you want this? Do that? Mm-hmm. So that really was a whole day of mm-hmm. door in the face, door in the mm-hmm. face, door in the face, maybe. Door in the face, door in the face. It's different face, techniques, maybe. isn't it? Because it, But it's it, different people as well. I mean, I, I see a lot with PTs coming through the door. I think everyone's got their way. Mm. Like your way was being super friendly, super helpful, be there all the time. Yep. The gym cat. Yeah. That's a really good example that describes you as a gym cat. <laughs> Whereas other people, they maybe are a little bit more about the, the passive marketing. They'll just, you know, yep. sort of be there. You get then you get the online social media people who do yep. loads of that. But again, people don't see all the work that goes into that. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you don't build a following straight away. Nope. You know, it probably took a good year to get a good following. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I was going to go back into PT now and spend a year putting content out before I even went into PT. That's what I did with Slum Society. Exactly, yeah. I put free content out for yeah. one year. When that That is how you get people to know you, like you, and trust you. They trusted me because I put out a year's worth of free content. I didn't even have a product to ask anything of them. Yeah. I wasn't even saying, join my program at the end because I didn't have even have a program. I was just saying, here's the free info. Go. Yeah. Do with as you please. My dad called me up once. He said, you give away all your best tips free online. I said, I know, Father, I know. It's all right, don't worry. Don't worry. And I'm going to sell them the tips as well. Yeah. 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 Because people still need the support. You can Google, like you said. Everybody knows about calorie deficit. It's not flipping rocket math. Because everyone knows it's like eat less, move. Everyone knows. It's People misunderstand sometimes. What it's just ma- hard. Yeah. But what I teach people is it's simple, but not easy. Yeah. They're not the same thing. So people feel bad. They beat themselves up. Oh, I know what to do, but I just can't do it. I'm like, yeah. Obviously, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. It's not nice. I know how to run a marathon. I can't do it. No. I know you just have to put one foot in front of the other. Simple. Try it though. Yeah. Try it though. For four hours. Yeah, exactly. At or best. fat loss for like flipping eight months. Because one day of calorie deficit, easy. Eight yeah. months. One yeah. 1.5 years. Yeah. I've had some clients lose 15 stone. It's taken two years. Oh, it's man. like, it, it, people say it's not a marathon. It's a sprint. It's not even a marathon. marathon. It's a pilgrimage. <laughs> You're walking from here to Mecca. We're starting now, baby. Get the, don- get the donkeys. It's a really good way to describe We're moving. it. moving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be slow. Yeah, it's going to be slow. It's going to be really uncomfortable. You're going to miss out on so many social things. <laughs> you know, there's going to be times you have no energy. There's times you're going to be really ratty and horrible. Yeah, sometimes there'll be nice scenery. We'll see yeah. nice stuff along the way and we'll feel good at certain times. Yeah. For sure, there'll be positives. And we're going somewhere real nice. But <laughs> and then you're going to see all that nice food. Yeah. You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Fat loss for Jesus. That's what it but, is. Uh, yeah, I'd say the attitude's the, the big one that springs to mind right there. That's, that's a everything else you can train, everything else you can learn. There's a book about everything. There's a podcast about everything today. There's YouTube channels about everything in this world. The being a good PT, actually good at training people, the technical side of it, you can learn. Yeah. But your attitude, and if you walk into that gym and you have the attitude already of there's no business here, people don't want it, it's game over. You might as well mm-hmm. walk back out the door. Just, just leave, just go. I, I know so many personal and you, trainers how many, you that do that all the yeah. time. Personal- and I've done it. I've done it. I've been rejected. I was feeling a bit fed up. Oh, he won't want PT. He won't want PT. I was judging people if I'd even spoken to them. I definitely agree. I remember there was one PT who complained to you that he couldn't get any clients at the gym because I was getting too many clients. Yeah, I remember. Ah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Because yeah. like we were saying, it's not even the people who like me won't like him and the people who like him won't like Did me. Did they really like him? It's not even like... No. <laughs> It wasn't. No, it wasn't my fault. No, I'm sorry. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, I, I'm coaching a a lady now. Um, she's just doing level three, but she wants help on actually being a good personal trainer. So she's hired me to like teach her the the good stuff, essentially. And she said something to me today, and I just, I just oh yes, she made me really proud. Um, she said to me, she feels like personal training is thirty percent knowledge and seventy percent personal and people skills. I'd say it's. And I was like... Different to even that. I'd say it's 10% knowledge. You can take because, it. Because your you 10% is already better than 95% of the people out there. True. If you've got the correct 10%, that might yeah. be all you need. Yeah. That but might be just, all you need. It, it, the rest of it's fluff. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of it... The rest of it really is fluff, yeah. It's tomfoolery. Yeah. It's woo-woo magic snake oil. Yeah. Most of it. I would actually say the, the, the bank of exercise I knew now as a PT for when I first started, I probably had like a bank of like maybe... We'll say something stupid, like 100 exercises that I would prescribe. Yes. Now it's probably down to 18. Yes. I was um, Maybe even less than that now. A personal trainer was asking me questions recently, and he said, how often should I vary the exercises so that my clients stay interested? 
And I thought, yeah, I mean, exercise variation is a point and it is a principle because yeah. you will get bored and you will stop getting results. But I, I had to explain to him that he's gone completely off track because he's not there. Um, some, somebody used a good word. What did they say? Oh, they said an enter trainer. Yeah. I used to call people that all the time. Yeah. Uh, I said, trainers, you, uh... They're not really there. I mean, you've got to keep them interested and try and not make it awful yeah. and boring and repetitive. But... They're not really there. But it to also have has fun. to be effective. They're there to get a result. Yeah. That's it. That's the primary the reason, reason they'll yeah. stay is are they getting the result? Yes or no. Sometimes the thing that gets the result, if they're losing weight and feeling strong and feeling toned and the knees don't hurt anymore and they're feeling confident and they're waking up good in the morning, their energy levels are good, their skin's better, they're thinking, fucking hell, this is great. They won't care if they bench every time. No. It'll be fine because it's working so well. Yeah. It's working so well. Yeah. Next size is not that interesting. If you do tennis, you always tennis. That's same true. ball, same smack. When you go, when you go to, isn't it? When you go to the gym, you always. I'm pretty gym. sure there's some tennis players that disagree with you about that. No, but. it's always the same, same tennis, isn't it? If you tennis, you always tennis. If you run, you always run. If you if you gym, you always gym. It's true. Not, it's not that different. It's like I teach people split squats on like the first couple of weeks. You see Anthony Joshua, world class athlete, doing split squats. Split squats, yeah. World class athlete, beginner, same. Yeah, it's just your basic bank, and then you just work on it and work on it and work on it, isn't it? That's mm. how you get the actual results. So your first point, then, big one is attitude. Hundred percent. Got any more? Got one or two more? Um, what else makes a really, really good? Yeah, PT? what makes a good PT? What are some I, traits I think, you've seen? I think uh, t- the ability to be to be humble about yourself. So to understand that you're going to get things wrong, you're not perfect. Yeah. Um, you're going to get things probably more wrong at the beginning um, and just yeah and, and be willing to listen and willing to listen to other people yeah listen to advice from other people you know like you say we, we, you listen to you read all these different books you take a little bit from each of them you look at all your books here you take a little bit from each of them and you make your own picture and that's what they've got to do mm-hmm. and I try I try not to teach one PT one way I try to get a feel for the PT you get an idea of what they're good at good example guy on our team at the minute Imran you know big Imran I do yep not not a technical person, not a, not a, not a wizardry person, not a social media or anything like that. But Imran is very good at talking to people. Mm-hmm. And he's it, friendly. He comes across real nice. He's friendly. And all he needed to do was actually have the confidence in himself to go out and just keep talking to people mm. and keep badgering them. And that's all he does now. And he does it. And he does it with Imran's, you know, kind of very special brute force ignorance. He walks up and he'll just go straight up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's working. Mm-hmm. And he's now doing 15, 20 sessions a week. That's what we need. And he's doing really, really well. He's helping and people. I'm he's so chuffed better. for him. Good. So, and he listened. You know, he's older than I am. He's a big, strong power lifter. But he listened. Mm. And he just did it. And he mm. applied it. And we, you know, we had to try different things with him. You know, we tried him, we tried and put on some classes. You know, that he would host. It was uh, lifting for ladies. And it got him a little bit of inquiries. But it mm. kind of got him the confidence of talking to people. Mm. But it didn't really get any clients. Mm. So we tried different things with him. And so we got to try, you've got to be willing to try different things. I'm not the greatest in the world at talking to people, okay. truthfully. I don't really like walking up just talking to people. Mm-hmm. I can make myself do it now, but I certainly couldn't back there when I started 15 years ago. Yep. No way, not in a million years. But I had to find my way of doing it. Um, so you've all got to find your way and you've got to find that by being humble and listening and, and being objective about yourself. Mm. Did I do that right? Did I do mm. this right? Mm. I think if personal trainers treat themselves a bit more like they treated their clients, mm. they'd do better. That's good. Yeah, get a flipping coach. Exactly. Learn. Well, from not even someone. get a coach. Like, if you had a client come to you and said, "You know what? It's only been one month in. I've not only lost. I've only lost two pounds. But you know, I've not been consistent with my diet. I've not been consistent with my habits. I've not been consistently tracking. Yeah. I've just, you know, I've let myself off, and I've saw the chocolate bar. And I ate the chocolate bar one yeah. day. You say it's all right. You still lost two pounds. You're still making progress, and you're learning. You're getting better. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas PTs, they don't know what happened in the first month. Mm. They, they panic, they give mm. up. They, you know, mm. That's it, it's not going to happen. You're right, because they'll... And they wouldn't do that with their clients, but they'll do it to themselves. Yeah, they'll teach their clients that it takes a long time to lose fat, yeah. and it's going to take us a while, and it's building strength, but yeah, it'll take a while. But with the business, they expect it instantly, and they're yeah. looking for all these shortcuts, yeah. and when it doesn't really exist. Yeah. And they expect to be perfect straight away, and they won't be. And you, in fact, you will definitely get it more wrong than right at first as a PT. Mm-hmm. And that probably goes with every business, though, I'd probably mm-hmm. say. Yeah, definitely. I'd, uh, mm-hmm. Looking at other people build businesses from scratch, you've just got to be willing to listen mm-hmm. and, and, and be humble about it. And uh, Personal trainers are a bit of a paradox, really. They won't listen to their own advice. They won't hire a coach. They won't be self-sympathetic, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, on how well they are doing. Maybe they picked up your clients that last mm-hmm. month. Two clients more than they had. Mm. Yeah, they pick up two more next month, they're on fourth. Mm. They didn't pick up four, they're on eight. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're starting to build a business. Then they're getting referrals. If you're a coach that won't hire a coach, you don't respect what you do, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, true. Very true. Isn't it? Because you think, what, yeah. you expect people to hire you a coach? That probably, the, the hiring coach probably comes down to the humble part of it. Yep. But I understand why people don't want to do it, because there's a lot of shysters out there. Definitely. Like, you're, you know, this person you were talking about. That guy was probably a very, very good business coach, but he probably didn't really understand this industry. Mm. Which is probably what happened there. No, he was a personal training business coach. Yeah, he, but he might have, uh, but, but that wasn't his background. And no, I don't know, to be it honest. It probably wasn't. He might have been a personal training business he coach. He was doing all the wrong things. But he was trying to apply principles out of industry into our industry. Yes. Which don't always work. Hard sales techniques. Hard sales like, techniques. Scripts yeah. and yeah. all this kind of business. Doesn't work. Not, not, it's not the best, is it? Well, it's all right, it does work, but yeah, it's definitely not the best. Uh, the, way, the way I did it, like I said, I never, ever, ever asked anybody if they wanted a consultation or if they That's were interesting. interested in personal training ever. I would just help them and then walk away and then they would just come back to me. So there was no sales techniques needed because everything, it's the same with Slum Society. I, I just put out information and I just say to people, if you want help, contact me. So there's, there's no sales. When they come to me, they're asking for my help. True. I, I would say there was always a danger though, you should always ask for business. Yeah, I never did. I'm a, I'm a terrible businessman. I'm not saying I'm a good businessman. I'm literally not saying I'm a, I'm, I'm a good personal trainer. I'm caring and I'm in it for the right reasons, but I'm not saying I'm a good businessman. This is just the way I did it, literally. Okay. Um, I, I would always make sure if I did have, if I did have a good rapport going with someone, always ask for, not necessarily do you want PT, but do you want a free session? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I yeah. would see every time I'm on the gym floor spending 10 minutes talking to someone, that's me giving them a free session, in my yeah. opinion. I'm displaying my skills to them helping them and or even just say look do you want to go for coffee and, and go for training it's not say yeah. asking for business there and then it's a subtle soft sell but it, you should always ask for some sort of business in a way shape or form if it's going really really well just say have you thought about mm-hmm. pt mm-hmm. why not ask the question mm-hmm. don't be scared of asking that question mm-hmm. because if you don't ask you don't know it's true it's true yeah um I do think that's a big problem with a lot of PCs. They don't actually ever get around to asking for business any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Whether it's asking for a free consultation, or to give a free consultation, or offering one, uh, or even just saying, have you ever thought about it? I guess I would ask for business in a subtle way, because like I said, after I helped the person, I would always say to them every yeah, you single were, time, my name's yeah, Connor, come back and find me It wasn't the first thing you were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I would say, my name's Connor, come back and find me if you want more help. Yeah. And then they would. Did you ever actually sell to someone there and then on the spot, though? What do you mean sell to someone? Well, when, when, did you ever go up to someone, have a conversation, go really well, a bit of a banter, you know, just got a good vibe off them, and they've just gone, you're a PT. Yep. Yeah, I've been thinking about a PT. Yeah, definitely. There you go, you, you, you did, you asked for But business, they asked so. me. Yeah. I, I've never said to them, have you thought about personal training, or do you want to meet to talk about personal training? But if I'm you go really there in the kind of well, that kind of vibe, would you not have asked, said, do you ever thought about it? Never. I've never. never I've never done that. 
I do on I do with Slum Society and on videos because at the yeah. end of my videos I'll say if you want help please contact me that kind of thing and that's mm. what I would say to them I'd say if you want more help contact me or find me I'm always yeah. here but I'm there in the personal training uniform they can see I've got loads of clients they know what I do they're not dumb I never felt like I had to say I'm a personal trainer do you know you can pay me if you want you know <laughs> you, you know if you want to give me money you could <laughs> they know they literally they get it <laughs> and then I just it's just for me it was just a waiting game and I, they would come back they would come back to me always and say hey I'm thinking about personal training. And I would say, okay, good, let's meet and talk mm -hmm. about it. But then in my opinion, it's not really sales. I would just... Well, it's not sales now. No, the first half of the conversation would be, talk to me about your goals and what you're trying to achieve. And they would say, oh, I'm trying to do this, 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 and this. And I would say, right, well, so now I'll explain if you wanted to work with me, how we'll do that. We would do this, 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 and this. It'd be like this, this, and that. And then I would just say, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And then it's up to them. They would either say, eh, I'll think about it. Or they would say, yeah, that sounds all right. And I'd say, all right, then good. Yeah. And that's it. It's not really sales. No. I, I don't call it selling. I call it telling. Literally, I'm not really selling it to them. I'm just explaining what I, I just ask them about the goals. Explain them the benefit. Yeah. I just explain what I do to them and just, do you want that or not? Because I can't change it. It's what I do. These are the costs. This is the service. This is what we do. This is what it's like. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And then they would, you know, but, but because they'd always asked me about the personal training, 90 or 95% of people would sign up. Would convert, yeah. Because they, they'd already asked me about personal training. They only really wanted to know, really, can they afford it? So the price obviously comes into it for people because money's a real thing. And they probably just wanted to see what it sounded like and see if I seem like a dick or not. Mm -hmm. If I seem all right and they can afford it, they'll think, mm, all right then. Just different ways of doing things though, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> just different ways of doing things. Um, can I tell you what my three things that I think you need to be a successful personal trainer. The three most important things. Um, I think number one is care about the client. I think that's number one. I think that's mm -hmm. the first most important thing. The personal trainers that fail that I see, they, they care about themselves or the money more than they actually they le legitimately care about the client. The personal trainers I see do well. They always seem to actually like the clients and give a shit. Mm -hmm. They actually care about them. Yep. They pay attention. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, build actual real relationships with them. Um, the second one would be help the client. Yep. So care about the client, help the client. So actually help them achieve their goals. And then the third one would be support the client. So for me, it's all about the client always. Yep. Care about them, help them, support them. If you do that, the job will be done as well as it can do. You'll get recommendations. They'll get good results. People will see those results. They'll be happy to come back. You'll have good retention because yep. you're focusing on them. You, you're finding out what is the job at hand and I just feel like most personal trainers don't do that. They're not, like you said, their attitude's not right. They're not in it for the right reasons. No. They're not thinking about it from the right perspectives. And then... I think you've seen a lot of in the last couple of years of people getting to PT almost because it's, it's quite cool. It's quite Instagrammy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And me and you can yeah. probably think of a few people off the top of our heads if we say it out loud who did it for the image. Yes. Did it for the title. Definitely. You know, me, I can think of definitely a few that me and you know really well who did it for the image, the title. They want to be a PT, you know, they want to be... Yeah, Sounds cool. People. Yeah. Yeah. Like they think ladies will like it. Which some do, do maybe. Do, do, do. Which some maybe do. They, 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 I can, again, I think we're talking about the same person. You probably thought that. Yeah, um, yeah we'll <laughs> talk about it after. We'll talk about it after. Um, but And I, I can think of the same example where I've seen personal trainers fail because they got into personal training because they like training. So they think that is a prerequisite to success when it's not really. Nope. What what that's like is thinking, I like to drive fast cars and I love cars, so I'll become a driving instructor. Yep. And you liking cars and driving fast cars is not the same as sitting next to somebody in a Clio while they stall six times an hour. Yeah, You'll get really frustrated and you'll not like it because yep. you're working with ultimate beginners trying to get them up to 
just a decent level and then you let them go. It's a different job than people think. People think, oh, I'll be cool, I'll teach people to bench. Not really. Mostly it's fucking fat loss and flexibility work. You'll teach work someone how to do a with... squat onto a chair at Yeah, first. it's mostly fat loss yeah. and mobility work with like yeah. ladies mostly. We don't, don't care about getting... I think 75% of every client in the UK is a female. It's literally a 75 It's actually that high. I'm, 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 Where have you found that figure? At the back of my brain up? with no evidence. Up? It could be made up. <laughs> at the back of my brain, a little voice said, tell him it's 75%. I say that. I've got three clients at the minute and two are female, so yeah. I think I feel like I've just heard that somewhere at some point. It would stand to reason because I think men have that attitude of no one's going to tell me what to do in the gym because they want to go for a round of big weights and it's beat so the chest. True. Yeah, it's an ego yeah. thing. It's also it's an and that's why if you're good at lifting heavy weights and you're a good heavy powerlifter, no one's actually really going to hire you to do it because those guys all want to do it for themselves yeah. anyway. I don't even like reading the instructions in the IKEA box. <laughs> Never mind asking a dude that I don't even instructions. know. Excuse me, sir, you're better than me at something. Can I pay you for assistance? <laughs> Guys don't like this. Me. Yeah. Guys don't like this. And I literally congratulate every single person who comes to me for personal training or coaching for being smarter and less egotistical than me. Because I never got a personal trainer. I thought, I'll figure this shit out on my own. And I will, but it'll take 10 years. <laughs> Thankfully, now I've made a career out of it, so it went well. But I thought, I'll figure this out on my own. Like you. So have you ever had a PT then? No. You just broke your own rule. Um, I've, I've had coaches though. I've got a nutrition coach now. I've had several business coaches and stuff. But you've never, never had a personal trainer. I've never had an actual personal trainer, no. And I've trained with other personal trainers and had mm. other people help me. I've had Will help me with my squat and stuff like this, but I've never actually hired and paid for a personal trainer, never. Interesting. Not really. Um, maybe I just feel like I didn't really need help in that area that much, but I've hired coaches for nutrition, um, sales, uh, even speaking and personal skills. I've literally had coaching in how to talk to people and how to have conversations and how to listen and all this kind of stuff. The, the areas that maybe I felt like I was worst at. I remember, you know, Liam, the uh, Liam Horner. In, yeah, 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 okay, of course, yeah. The, the previous assistant manager. I remember he told me that when he first met me, he thought I was going to fail as a personal trainer because he thought I had too much knowledge and not enough people skills. And I agreed. Yeah, I could probably see that about you at first, yeah. I had, I had yeah. glasses and hair yeah. when I first started. I was a nerd. Yeah. Um, I'm still a You're nerd. still a nerd. I'm still a nerd now. Yeah, I've just changed. got male pattern baldness and tattoos. <laughs> so I'm just going for the hard man look. I'm just, it's all a charade. <laughs> um, but I agreed. I agreed. And Emma Stewart takes the piss out of me because she knows that I learned to talk to people from books. Because she saw me reading books about how to talk to people and how to have conversations and how to be a person. Literally. Because um, <laughs> I'm some level disabled, at least. There's at least a percentage going on in there at some, in some way, somehow. It's inherited from my father, and I've told him. <laughs> He's caused, it caused all of his children issues of some kind. Brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Um, what makes a bad PT? What makes a bad PT? Was it the opposite? N yeah, not caring. Not being in it for the right reasons. Not having the correct attitude. Like you said, maybe. I think the, pro the, the biggest problem with attitude, though, is your experiences can influence your attitude. In what way? Well, I mean, give you a good example. Uh, I'll go back to me when I first started. My intentions were to help people, be a good PT, get them results. But because I didn't necessarily know what I was doing about how to get my clients and how to get my business, my enthusiasm went from being all the way up here after one month, my enthusiasm was down. Because you were struggling. Because I was struggling. Yeah. And my and attitude changed. And that's when I started trying to pick the people who wanted PT. If someone came to us for weight loss but didn't see results for a month, how would their motivation be? Not good. Yeah. We but this goes to, back to the we, we need to, to treat start. ourselves a bit more how we treat our clients. Yeah. 
a bit more sympathy to yourself, mm. a bit more understanding to yourself that you're still learning. You're still learning how to run a business. Yes. You might know a lot about training. Yes. And you just mentioned there, you can see a lot of people who get to PT because they love training, but yeah. actually that's not really what it's about. It's no. about building. It's not about you, you should at love all. people. It's not about me. Yeah. It's about the client. Yeah, you should love people. You should love building relationships You hire and me as your yeah. trainer. I now work for you. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with me. You're the boss. I work for you now. I am your assistant. How, how many PTs have we seen that don't really train and still have businesses? True. Quite a few. True. I remember being offended once because a, a guy hired me because he said, I've looked at the other personal trainers, they look too big. I've hired you because you're not that muscly. I was like, oh, oh, come on. I mean, I mean I'm glad to help you, but oh. I'm trying really hard I'm trying here. really hard. He was like, yeah, I don't want to look muscly, so I've hired you because you're not muscly. Like, oh, thank you. Fucking thank you. Here we go. Here we go. I would have turned him down. <laughs> I'd have been really upset. <laughs> That's never happened to me, thankfully. Um, I think a lot of personal trainers that, that don't do well as well, they don't advance their knowledge past level three because level three is not good. I mean, it's got such basics on... I mean, it's, it's GCSE, half-level GCSE biology and half-GCSE level PE put together. It doesn't really teach you, like you said, about the business, about helping people, about talking to people, consultations, any of that. No, it doesn't teach you anything about that. Real-life practicality do, do, yeah, of doing the damn job. How, how to run the business or doing any, anything else I mean, whatsoever. any of the stuff you need, but we know about heart valves. I know about the structure of the bone, echinesium, paramecium, whatever it is, perosteum. It's never come up in personal training. I know no. all the insertions of every muscle and it's never come up once. Do you actually? No, not anymore. No, so not I've anymore now. I've forgotten it, but I had to yeah. learn it for the exam. I did, yeah. But it was pointless. It's pointless. It's not even the information that you need. Do you remember need. the type of joints? Flipping hinge, <laughs> flipping ball, and, ball socket. and socket. It's never come up. I've never <laughs> said those words to a client in a session. I bet I've done a thousand hours. But then what would you put in that qualification? Um, this is the big. This is the big thing. We see a lot of people in our industry hating on the level three. Yeah, that's me. Online. Yep. But what would they put in there? And then you throw it out to twenty different personal trainers, you get twenty different answers. Correct. That's why I said. So it how is. do you do it? I would love to explain. I coach. I do some co per coaching personal trainers myself, like I said, and I. We don't talk about flipping heart valves or nothing like this. I but, think that's why what you're doing at the gym group. That's why I said it needs doing. You're creating and going to be delivering the next bit. I'm not saying level three is rubbish because you kind of need it for that background physiology so you actually understand the basics of how stuff works. Yeah. But personal training's got so but many you'd never parts get to, to it. You'd never get 20 personal trainers to agree on what would go in the con uh, into the content of a level three. You're right. They can't um, agree on the color of shit personal training at the best of times. So, because everyone's got, everyone's like the functional guy or the, the organic guy or That's this guy. That's true. Everyone's kind of this, that, and everyone's got their own agenda and what they want to do. All those people suck though because you shouldn't be any guy. No. You should be the guy that helps your clients do what they want you to do. You should be the people guy. You, yeah, you shouldn't be the person that's putting your biases, whether it is organic or, like Will said to me the other day that although he loves squats, he's got only one client that does squats and that's because she picked it. And I thought, good, because he's not impressing his biases yeah. on other clients. I remember one personal trainer who used to work with um, you and us at the gym group. We used to give every single client, regardless of the goal, deadlifts. Was it sumo deadlifts by any chance? I can't remember. But I'm just thinking, I just thought, you know, like... Yeah. It didn't matter what their goals were. Yeah, it didn't matter what their goals were. They got deadlift, bench, and squat, because that's what that person liked. They got powerlifting. <laughs> it's a flipping lady that's never trained that wants weight loss and toning. Yeah. And she's getting deadlifts for three reps and bench for one rep max. <laughs> and I'm just watching them thinking, this is a shit show. <laughs> I'm just thinking, this is zero conscientiousness of what the client wants. This is you impressing your I mean, I come down the, the humble side of it, though. They should be humble enough to realize that not everybody wants to do what they want to do. Yeah, I asked that's actually quite a big realization. That was a big realization for me when I was PT that I not everyone wanted to yes. really be strong. Yes. Um, 
I've asked these questions to Will and he said his number one first thing that he said was perspective and, the, and I said what do you mean by perspective and he said his number one thing he thinks that people do wrong is they don't think in the client's shoes nope. they think about what they want yep. to do and just impress their biases of how they eat yep. and I eat like this I train like this you try and make a little this. mini me themselves yeah and all dieting programs do that as well if you go to Slimming World they're like we like we have the Slimming World plan yeah. you can eat like us they have a pre they shoehorn you in yeah. a pre-made yeah. prescribed way of eating and doing things and you can do it if you want then you go to Weight Watchers, they have their way. You go to Atkins, he has his way. You go to Cambridge, they have their way. You go to, you know, and then you just try and see if you can fit to their mold. Mm -hmm. That's not the flipping job because it's just no. stabbing in the dark to see which one you can stick to. Really, the job's diet and lifestyle assessment and improvement specifically for the individual, isn't it? So it's a different game. Um, I don't know. What else do you think? Any more? Well, I mean... <sighs> I think the word bad PT is a bit harsh because it's not really I say that they're bad. I think a lot of people get into it with good intentions. Okay, that's fair. You know, I, yeah, I think if we go back to people who maybe have very strong beliefs and bias, like there might be the the yoga guru who yes. sort of believes in, you know, uh, we had someone who worked... Yeah, he in, might believe he's doing the right things. Well, do you remember we had someone who worked at the gym who insisted that you shouldn't use toothpaste because the fluoride would do something to your brain. No. So, that, yeah, you'll know who it is. We'll discuss them after. Uh, <laughs> but they use a toothbrush with just coconut oil on. But they would go around and tell all their clients. No, 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 slow down, wait. Somebody yeah. brushed their teeth with just coconut, coconut oil. oil and a Can brush. Can you even do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that real? Yeah, 100%. This does not sound 100%, 100%, real. 100%, 100%. You can't 100%. brush your teeth with oil, surely. 100%, 100%. How does that work? Because all you've got to do is you've got to get the, the, the crud off, haven't you? It was just to lubricate, I think, more than anything. I have... I have and obviously it has to be coconut oil because they were a, a, a yogi guru and... Because of those MCTs, bro. It absorbs through the gums. Sorry? Those MCTs absorbing through the gums. Yeah, of course. And, and a coconut oil is better for you than normal oil, right? Yeah, of course. That's yeah, because it's course. from a coconut. Of course. And it's exotic. it's vegan, bro. But I think a lot of PTs get into it with really good intentions. And that's a good point about the perspective. They never actually see it from that person's point of view that maybe that person won't do so well on that diet. Mm -hmm. And I think we we all have biases. We all do. And mm -hmm. we need to be aware of our Definitely. own biases. I, I've got my own biases. You've biases. got your own biases. Yep. We can't help it. Mm -hmm. And I think that does shine through a lot in PT. Mm -hmm. And even thinking about it now, you can always... You could probably go around my gym at the minute and I could go around my gym at the minute. And if you just saw the client without the PT, do you think you could guess who the PT was? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's like a game, isn't it? Spot the PT almost. You probably could. You probably could. You spot mine. Probably. Yeah, you tell uh, by what they were doing because there's some exercises that just pretty much I like to do. I would know Will's because he does specific things with yep. people. I would know Emma Stewart's because she yep. personal trains people basically the same as I personal train yep. people. So she gives people like pairs and So we all have, we all got a bit of a bias in there. Yeah, all like my us. nutritional bias is towards um, calorie counting yep. for people to do. I don't make everyone do it. But my biases, I try really hard to be biased towards the things that help people the most. That's why I'm biased towards calorie counting. Not because I like it. I don't even do it. And I tell all my members, I'm getting you to do things I don't even do. Mm -hmm. I don't do it. I don't like it. I don't think it's fun. I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it solves every problem for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I think proportionally, you know, just for fat loss, if you look at the tools you've got and we look at every tool we could use, I've, if you flip in rank them, for me, I can give you a great 15-minute speech on why it comes out on top. I can chew your ear off about calorie counting. But I think if we're saying that there's no such thing really as a bad, well, there is such thing as bad PTs, PTs who are misguided. That's probably one of them is they shoehorn themselves into things. They shoehorn themselves into being the bodybuilder. Yes. They shoehorn themselves into being the powerlifter. Hmm. And I think and that, that can have advantages sometimes, but can't it? Like but if then you, if you they always really believe that everyone should niche. lose weight by being a bodybuilder. No. No. No, because bodybuilders oh, are extreme. Yeah, extreme things. Yeah. So I think PTs do themselves just a disjustice by shoehorning themselves into a certain category. 
and that makes them a misguided PT. I wouldn't say the word bad PT because no really, there are some truly bad PTs, but they're just misguided sometimes. Or um, unknowledgeable in an unintentional way. Like they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Like maybe they've just not learned it yet or they've never yeah. even... Like, they never took that step back and gone, is this the right thing to do? That humble. Just going, having that having that ability to assess what you're doing and taking... Go back to when you first started to PT and go back to when I first started PT. I look at it now and I put my head in my hands. I'm like, oh, what was I doing? Mm. But at least I've had that conversation with myself. Mm. I've gone, that wasn't the right thing to do. And I've moved on from there. You should have that ability to to look back at what you've done yeah, with I a agree. client. You know, I, we, 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 I say we've made mistakes. We've just not things done things optimally with clients always. And I can understand why PTs would do that because you stick to what you know. And in defense of us, We've been doing. We've been in this industry that long that what is considered correct and correct practices and principles weren't considered correct practices no. and principles when we first started. When no. I first started learning about nutrition, if you said to somebody that you could eat whatever you wanted and as long as your calories were fine, you'd lose weight, people would go, "What?" You no. would be burned at the stake. People like clean eating, bro. You would literally be burned at the stake. I remember when Alan Aragon, do you know him? Yeah. Uh, posted. He wasn't famous, and he posted on bodybuilding.com forums that he was going to try and get his entire protein intake from whey protein for a year, and people were still thinking at that point that you'd get like protein resistance to like different. What was protein resistance? Like, what was that theory? Yeah, like if you eat, if you eat the same type of protein over and over again, it will become less effective somehow. That used to be like a thing that people thought. And people were like, "No, that'll never work. You can't get all your protein from whey." Obviously, you can. It might, I'm not saying it's the best way ever, but no, 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 no. you can. You know, so times have changed as well, mm. haven't they? Maybe, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, maybe Big. less in training, but more in nutrition. I'd say, I, I, I'd say, going, don't fifteen years. Don't sound old, but we didn't have access to the knowledge as easily back then. So correct, and it's that's because the world's changed because we're in the information mm-hmm. era now. Mm-hmm. Information's everywhere; you can mm-hmm. get it everywhere. Back then, I was scraping around on a at a massive desktop magazines. PC, trying to trying to. I wasn't even magazines. Flex I was literally. Mag- I was. I was uh, sorry. Flex magazine. No, I never read that stuff. No. Oh, good. I never. Did, I never went down the bodybuilding. Room. I wasn't interested in that. But I was going on on my dad's computer, yeah. looking for Teenation. information. Yeah, Teenation. Yeah, I did do Teenation. There was some good stuff on Teenation, right? Still, there is. Still, they there have, was some good stuff. Still, they'll have Brad Schoenfeld and yeah. world leading. Uh, what's, the, what's the glue guy called? Um, Brett Contreras. He started on there. Yeah. Everyone forgets about and him. And they'll also have horse shit on there. They'll have the worst pile of dog shit you could ever smell in your entire life. Usually when they're selling supplements, yeah. Just awful. On Nation, they'll put anything on. Yeah. They just, they don't care. Yeah. They're, they're like a newspaper. They just, they say what's true and what's not true. But we, but we had, we didn't have anything else. I understand. And we didn't have, we didn't have as many. We don't have social media with as many good trainers putting True. out free content. True. Um, John Barardi had only just started back then with Precision Nutrition, where you had to download the manuals online. It was also old school now. Mm. It wasn't even that long ago. Mm. It's 15 years. Mm. So we didn't have access to the information. We were still coming out of the bodybuilding era. So gyms back then were very, very bodybuilding mm. purposes. Like you would go into a gym and there'd be a machine for every body part, but there maybe be one squat rack. Mm-hmm. And now. Your squat racks and power power racks are standard expected. Yeah, yeah. Your Olympic lifting platform, bumper plates. Mm. That's on. I mean, the time I've been years that's ago, crazy. That wasn't real, was it? No, you, you weren't allowed to because yeah. it was all bodybuilding. We still we were coming out of the we were coming out like in the early two thousands. Bodybuilding was still a big thing. Now people and I, and I'm actually going to credit CrossFit for this. Mm. CrossFit's changed the way people train. That's a big statement, I know, because I hate CrossFit when I first heard of it. But now people are interested in form, function, mobility, Olympic lifts. Fitness. Cardio they actually want fitness. to be fit. Yeah. Yes. Cardio fitness. So you've seen a big cardio change in the industry. Cardio fitness being like sexy though. 
Yeah. Not like being lame. Yeah. Not like... Not being not normal. Like, yeah, yeah. But like sexy fitness. Yeah. In a way. So the whole industry, <laughs> the whole industry's changed. The knowledge has changed. The abilities have changed. And, and I think... I think the general public's changed as well. I think the general public's more knowledgeable yep. about training than what they used to be. Yep. That's je- that, that is definitely a big thing. So now we have to up our game and be better mm. and be that little bit better all the time. I feel very lucky that, like I said, being from a fucking council estate in Rotherham with access to the internet, I could learn everything. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. And I did. I learned all of it. <laughs> Literally, I'll learn all the things. You watch me. Do you know what my, my proudest moment was? Um, this is going back to... The days of like file sharing, we used to like you know um, download stuff yeah. online. And there was something called E Donkey, I think it was. I used to download like files off there, and I downloaded one called Bodybuilding. I must have been only about twenty, maybe nineteen at the time, and it was two hundred books on bodybuilding. All these PDFs, and some of them been just like photocopied in. That's how. That's what we were doing to try to find information back then. I've still got the folder somewhere, and there's all these terrible books about stupidness to eat, the the cheat to lose diet. You know, all these just crazy ideas. Um, South Beach Diet. I remember reading all of them. I read all, all 200 ebooks. I had more questions answered by then. Ah, that's hilarious. That's what most people feel like, yeah. isn't it? I've got one last question for you then. Go on. Um, and we've, it's been a good podcast, do you think? We've been on one hour 15 now. I'm just looking at the time. How long for? Uh, one hour 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my last question is... It's a little bit different than what we've been talking about. If you could tell general people just one or two things that would help them with their health and fitness, what would you recommend? Just you personally. Like, you know, if you could just give one or two pieces of advice to normal people. Normal people. Normal people. To help them with their general health and fitness. Yeah. What 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 are you saying is most important? Because you because know, one of the things about this podcast is we've just talked about personal training and no personal trainer is going to listen to this podcast. No. Nope. This podcast is for beginners and people trying to improve their health and fitness. So I just thought we'll give them something um, at the end. I would say be kind to yourself. Oh, that's nice. I like that Because one. it's going to take a while. Yeah. And if you try change your entire lifestyle in one fell swoop, you will not be successful. It's all or nothing. Yeah. When you it's, go all or it, nothing, you get nothing. It, you've got yeah, you've got to do a little bit at a time. Yeah. And that's okay because as long yeah. as you're moving forward. Yeah. As long as even if you didn't lose any weight last week, as long as you ate five better meals and ate better vegetables and ate some goddamn protein, mm. you did better than you did the week mm. before. If you ate a vegetable, you did better than most people. You did. You, For the love of the Lord. If you ate a vegetable in every meal, you're doing absolutely Every meal? You're doing better than me? Yeah. You're doing better than me and I'm a nutritionist. You're doing better than me. Yeah. I don't eat vegetables at every meal. I love me vegetables. Love them. Love them now. I don't like Vegetables at breakfast, how? Get, get, get your spinach, chuck in, some, uh, chuck in some eggs, mash it up, make it into scrambled eggs with spinach. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, then. There you go. Personal Done. Jobs are good. All right, then. Chop up some mushrooms, chuck those in. This is objection handling that we were yeah. saying before. So and you're not very good. good. You could even like fry off an onion first before you make your omelette. Yeah, now we're, red onion. Now we're flirting with health. We're having a great time. <laughs> but yeah, seasonings just, in there. Yeah, yeah, mate. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this now. Just be kind to yourself. We're on it. Just be nice about it. Just It's going to take a long time. And if you're someone who, and we, we probably see this a lot, we see people who come to us, they might already be 40 years old. They came from a family where it was other meals, chips. Yeah. They didn't get involved in sport as kids. Yeah. They had a takeaway every Friday night because that's what yeah. my dad did. They were heavy drinkers. Because yeah. you adopt the you adopt the behaviours of your parents more than you think. Mm. And now they're 40 years old. They've been told they've got high blood pressure. They've been told they're getting, you know, pre-diabetes. Mm. We've got to change a little thing at a time with mm. that person. Because, mm. again, I can't tell that person, 
I tell the person to go put spinach in their eggs in the morning, they'd be like, what? What eggs? What eggs? spinach? What, what Where breakfast? I'm a fag and a cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. What breakfast is yeah. a good answer, yeah? yeah. So yeah, fag and a cup of tea, yeah. So be, be nice to yourself. Just change one little thing at a time. Make it a habit. Get used That's to nice. it. Change another little thing. Change another thing. Because if not, you're going to try really hard. You're going to be successful maybe at first. You're not going to sustain it. You're going to bounce back. Maybe bounce back works. You're going to hate yourself. Yeah. And I have, I have done that. I, I genuinely used to hate myself the way I used to look when I was younger. Uh, in my physique and everything, I want to be bigger, I want to be more muscular, I want to be more confident. And because I was trying to do everything at once. And what, what people don't see with me and you who've trained for a long time, and I've mm-hmm. trained for over half my life now, is mm-hmm. the consistency is more important yeah. over years. Definitely. I've not been perfect for the last six years training. I've not been perfect with my diet, but I've been consistent mm-hmm. with my training. Yeah. So just You're be just kind always to yourself. Trying. Yeah. Always trying. Always trying. So just be kind to yourself. It, you're not a bad person for wanting the donut. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really big, big, big one for me and my clients. That if you mm-hmm. eat the donut, you're not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Don't give up for the rest of the week mm-hmm. off one donut. Mm-hmm. They only like 300 calories. It's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. Yeah. Don't, don't just give up. Don't give off. up. Just do the next thing. Just do it right. Mm-hmm. So be nice to yourself. And I would probably say the other one is this kind of goes back to like the shoehorning, but listen to everyone, idolize no one. Okay. Because if you idolize the, I'm, I'm going to pick on a certain subgroup of people who eat a very certain way at the minute. Mm-hmm. If you idolize someone who is a vegan, mm-hmm. you're only going to go that path. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything wrong being a vegan. You can be a vegan and be a perfectly healthy now. good person. Steady now. You can be a perfectly healthy good person. You can be a crossfitter and be a nice person. Yeah. You know, you can be all these things, yeah. but don't. Carnivore, the opposite of vegan. Yeah, you can be. An, yeah, I think I, I think I've taken the mick off my Instagram. You know how people put like vegan on there. I've just written omnivore now. Yeah, because I'm an omnivore. Yeah, I wouldn't be proud of it. I should put fussy. Yeah, well, on I'm, proud, I'm wearing that on my t-shirt. I'm an omnivore. Mm. Um, but yeah, read everyone. Idolize no one. And I think that kind of applies to a lot of different. Things. That applies to training principles. Because mm. if you only listen to the the Poliquins of these world or whatever, you're gonna do that training only. Or if you listen to one person's opinion on lifestyle or on nutrition. You're only going to do that only. Take a little bit, make your own picture. Like we just said with the PTs, make your own picture, how you want to build your business, how you're going to go about your business. And whatever healthy is to you is healthy is to you. It's not the same for everyone. And it's whatever your, your, your goal is, isn't the same for everyone. It might be lose 10 pounds. It, I, I like to call it your healthy weight. And your healthy weight is where you, it doesn't impact too much on your social life. You feel good about yourself. It doesn't cost a fortune to maintain. And it's achievable. And your healthy weight is individual to you. It's not what that person did or that person did or how they look. It's your healthy weight. And your healthy weight can change over time. It might improve over time. It might lose a little bit more weight. Mm. That's okay. Mm. You're changing your own goal, but that's your healthy weight. Um, so just just take it. Yeah. Don't listen to one person. There's so much information out there. So much good information. And there's a lot of crap. There's probably more crap than there is good, but after a while, you'll suddenly you'll you'll learn the skill of sieving out the crap mm-hmm. and finding the good. And even actually, some people who might have some crap might have some good. Mm-hmm. You take that little nugget from all of them. Mm. So yeah, be kind. Listen to everyone. Idolize no one. Amazing. That's the best summary. <laughs> we'll leave it right there. We'll leave it right there. Thank you so much. There is, there is. Thank you for coming. Pleasure. It's been a great time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll speak to you and we'll see you again soon.